are we? And, and, and so two weeks ago, we talked about who are we as a church, and we, we rolled out our mission statement. It's on your newsletter. If you've got a newsletter, it's right there below that big word, newsletter. You'll see it. And, and we went through that because we want to be clear, who are we? And, and we looked at these, these three word sets, love God, live change, light the way. This is who we want to be. This is our identity. This is who we want to be. Okay? And so, you know, we want to wrap this around everything, and this is not going to be a test. We're not going to ask you later, you know, what is it? But it's, it's, it's easy to remember. Love, live, light. And we're going to have banners up next week, and, and we're going to remind you. So I just want us to say this together so, so we can begin, okay? So we can kind of, you know, audience participation. Are you with me? All right, so, so let's go, let's say, let's say this together. This is our vision statement as a church, Lighthouse Church of Christ. This is our vision statement. We want to and light the way. This is who we want to be, okay? This is what we're aiming for. Now, my question to you is, if this is who we want to be, how do we get there, Okay? And that's what leads us to our series starting today, our series called Clear, because we want it to be super, super duper clear as far as how do we do this. See, because our, our, our vision statement is where, okay? Where and who. This is who we want to be. This is where we want to be. Our mission statement is how. How can I get there? How can we do this? How can we love, live, and light the way? There has to be a clear, practical, step-by-step plan on how we're going to get there. So let me just roll it out, and we're going to break it down over the next four weeks so that it's super clear what we're about, how we can live out this vision statement. Are you with me so far? I don't feel like you're with me, really. Okay? I, I hear a few. I see a lot. Okay, uh, let, me, let me just ask a real quick question. Hey, Tate, are Daniel, are Daniel, are they in the back? Da- Daniel and I'm got, I've got, a, Isabel, I've got a brain freeze. Daniel and Isabel, can you guys stand up real quick? I hate to put you on blast. I got introduced, they were just baptized last week, Daniel and Isabel. Welcome to the family. Congratulations. Really, really proud of you guys. So you, you get to know right on the front end. Go ahead and sit down. Relax. Breathe. <sighs> Sorry, Isabel. I know you don't like that kind of stuff. She doesn't like being in front of all everybody. But right from the start, they know, and it's clear, what is the vision statement of the church. But now hear the mission statement. So let me show it to you. This is our mission statement as a church. And this is going to be everywhere. Okay, and we're going we're gonna to say a lot, we're going to repeat a lot, and I hope that you can put this not just on your mind, but on your heart, that this is who you want to be. So this is our, and it's three words again, okay, follow, connect, and go. We want to follow Jesus. This is how we're going to love, live, and light. We're going to follow Jesus, connect his family, and go as missionaries. This is our mission statement. This is who, and no, this is not who we are, but this is how we want to be the people who we are. Okay, so we're going to take the time the next four weeks to go through this. So today we're going to look at this first one, following Jesus, following Jesus. What does that mean to follow Jesus? And too many of us assume we know what it means, and we think we're following Jesus, but in reality, no, we're not. And so that's why we got to do a little Bible study today. And, and I just want to let you know today, we're going to look at a lot of verses. A lot of, we're going to open the Bible a lot. So you guys that like to look at a lot of scriptures and you like to feast yourself on a lot of scriptures, you're going to get what you need today and then some. For some of you who like it simple and small and short, uh, you know, we're going to finish on time, but it's going to be a lot today. Okay, so just get, get yourself ready. Okay, are you ready? All right, so we're going to talk about following Jesus. This summer, we did a series called Connect, and and I had the honor of doing one of those parts of the series, and it was about fishing. You remember that one? 
fishing and fishermen. And we talked about fishermen. Who were the four followers of Jesus? They were fishermen. And I showed you an example in Luke chapter 5 of when Jesus first called these four men to follow him. And we're going to pick it up in, in, in chapter 5, but in the beginning, just kind of give you a little background. Jesus asked Peter, hey, Peter, can I use your boat? I need a place from which to preach because the people were kind of crowding on top of him. And so he said, hey, can, can I use your boat and I'll preach from your boat? And so they said, sure, go ahead, Jesus. You're the, you're the rabbi. You're the teacher. You're doing awesome things. Go ahead. So he, he preached and he taught. And after he was done, he pulled Peter aside and said, hey, Peter, let's put your boat out into deep waters and let's go fishing. It was the middle of the day. And Peter's like, seriously? Seriously, we're going to go fishing in the middle of the day? Jesus, we just fished all night and caught zero. And our chances of catching something in the middle of the day, because that's not the time to fish, is much less. But here we pick it up in verse 6. But because you say so, so a little respect, Jesus. I have respect for you. Because you say so, I will let down the nets. Is Peter feeling the desire to do it? Absolutely not. But out of respect for the rabbi, he is humoring Jesus. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man, for all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. Now, this is a very different calling to follow. What came along with this calling to follow? A blow-away situation. And Peter was blown away. And the other four guys, the other three guys were, were astonished. There's no other way to explain this catch. God is with this man, Jesus. He's somebody special. And he very well might be the Messiah. And the Jews, they knew about the coming of the Messiah. And Jesus calms these guys down. He says, calm down, guys. I know you're scared to death. Calm down. Don't trip. Calm down. Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled in their boats up on shore, left everything, and here's what I want to focus on. They followed Jesus. There was a significant life change. They were fishermen, and they decided from now on, we're going to follow Jesus. And that's a huge shift. And, and what this means to follow someone is not just what we think it means. It means I'm going to change everything about my life, and I'm going to focus and follow this new teacher of mine. Another example, later in the chapter, chapter 5, verse 27, after this, Jesus went out and saw, and now this is, this is huge, okay? This is huge. Jesus saw a tax collector. Now, who are the worst people in our society today? Who are the worst of the worst? Any examples? Justin, Justin, help me out, okay? Law enforcement. Who's the worst people that walk the face of the earth right now? People that are involved in what? Politics. Oh, boy. Okay. Hey, can you edit that part out? No, just kidding. All right, maybe, maybe so. Maybe a corrupt politician. Uh, maybe somebody in human trafficking. Let's get real. That's the worst of the worst. I mean, that's just, that's just maybe, maybe a drug trafficker. Maybe somebody that's involved in the mafia who has a long list of people who they've killed to get where they got, okay? We know what bad people look like in our society today. Tax collectors for the Jews were the worst of the worst. They were the bottom. They were the worst sinners. In our vernacular, just like we went through that list, that's what these guys represented. And because they were tax collectors, they betrayed the nation of Israel, they worked for Rome, and they overcharged taxes. Could you imagine a single mom who's struggling to get by, and, and a guy like this guy here comes up and says, hey, I need my taxes. And you know what? I'm going to charge you a little extra because I don't like you. And he could get away with it. So people hated tax collectors, and they were involved in a lot of other stuff, more than likely. You know, because once you cross the line, what, 
you know, what's prostitution? It's no big deal. I've already crossed the line. I'm just going to do it all. And this guy's name was Levi. You know what Levi's name is that we know here from Scripture? Anybody know? He wrote a gospel, Matthew. This guy Levi, the tax collector, the worst of the worst, look at this. He was sitting in his tax collector's booth. He was on the job doing the bad things. And Jesus says what to him? Follow me. So, wait a minute. You mean Jesus can call me to follow him even though I got really bad stuff going on in my life? You mean with my background, Jesus can call me? You mean I can be included? This was blow away. This was was more than revolutionary. This is turning religion on its head and pounding it. And there's a reason. Look at what happened. And so Jesus said to him, Levi got up and left everything and did what? You mean he left his tax collector's business and all the benefits that go with it, the girls, the parties, the, 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 you know, the, the chariots with the low rider chariots and the rims and the bumping music coming out of the chariot? You mean he left all of that? Yes. See, because one of the things you got to understand, bad people, bad people, They may look like they're doing fine on the outside and they're having a good time. On the inside, they're dying. They're dying with guilt. Maybe you're one of those people. I won't tell anybody. Maybe you're here today and you're one of those people. And you got stuff going on. Jesus came to give you and Levi hope. I was, I was a very bad young man in my previous life. Jesus gave me hope. We read on. What happened after this? Verse 29. Then Levi held a great banquet. You get called by Jesus. What do you do? You throw a party. That's all he knew how to do. You're fired up. Let's throw a party. Okay, let's get the DJ. Let's get the, the, everything going. And, and I probably had to talk to him a little bit and say, hey, you know, we could do this, but not this and this and this. But hey, probably they, would, they crossed the line a little bit because he's just a young, new disciple. Didn't know. He held a great banquet at, at, at for Jesus at his house. And guess what? A large crowd of tax collectors and here's another word, others. What kind of others are we talking about? Maybe they were Levi's and the other tax collectors' bodyguards. Do you know anything about bodyguards? They're willing to do anything. They're crazy. Okay? You know, along with that, the whole entourage you got the posse of the tax collectors. you got the, the women who hang with tax collectors because they like money. And they want to be, and so all these people were eating with them. If you eat with somebody in the first century, what does that say about you? You're like them. And guess what? The Pharisees and the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to the sect complained to his disciples. Jesus, what are you doing with these people? And if there's anything that you need to know about Jesus, Jesus loves people who are lost and wants to offer them hope. Religious people, legalistic people, don't like lost people. In fact, they want to stiff-arm lost people. They want to stay, nope, I don't want anything to do with him. I don't want anything to do with her because they're bad. They're dirty. And I don't want to be dirty, so i got to stay away from them. Is that ministry of Jesus? So right away, the four guys, the four fishermen, they're taking note, and they're watching the struggle between Jesus' ministry and their ministry. This is very different. Very, very different from what they were seeing. We look at Matthew's version. He tells the story also from his point of view, which is cool about the four Gospels. You get four points of view about Jesus. Matthew 4, verse 18, it says, As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting their nets into the lake, for they were what? Fishermen. He said to them, what did he say? If Jesus were here today, what would he say to you? Hey, come with me to church. Come with me to church. Let's sing together. Let's spend, a, let's spend like an hour and a half together. Then we can go maybe have some food, and then I'll see you next week on Sunday. Would he say that to you? See, this is, this is where it's different. Today, Christianity today, and what it was then. Jesus said, follow me. 
follow me. And Jesus said, I will send you out to fish for people. Means I'm gonna give you a mission. The reason why we follow Jesus is to help people. It's not about just us. It's not about me. It's about people. And, and he goes on and says, at once they left their nets and did what? Now, this is huge. They, they left their career and they went behind Jesus. They went behind Jesus. So, this is a new identity for them. They changed their identity. Before they were fishermen, and if you're going to follow Jesus, this is the significance of it. If you're going to follow Jesus, and the reason why we're going over this, because I believe some of you have stopped following Jesus, and you're following someone or something else. Or you think you're following Jesus, but you're following 21st century Jesus in the area of Christianity. And we can all fall into that trap, including me. We always got to go back. They change their identity. You follow Jesus. The identity statement is now I'm a disciple of Jesus. In other words, I'm his student. I'm his student. I want to learn from him. In other words, I want to read the gospel so I can know what would Jesus do so that I can do it, so that I can build my relationships the way he does, so that I can have a, a, a willing heart to forgive people the way Jesus forgave people. Well, I don't want to forgive him. Well, then you're not a follower. You see, everything is measured by Jesus, what he did, what he said, and how he lived his life. Number two, you're part of a family. You're part of a family. So this kind of breaks down what we're going to be doing the next three weeks. We're going to look at what it means to be a disciple and, and, and understand this. Your new identity, if you're a follower of Jesus, is you're a part of a family. You're a part of a community. You are going to invest in relationships See, because Jesus had the 12 disciples, and guess what? They went a lot of places, but they were always together. In church today, guess what we do? We come together on Sunday, peace out. I'm going to go do my thing. I'll see you. Maybe, maybe I'll see you here next week, unless I got something else going on. That's not family. That's not family. Mike's going to talk about that next week, so I won't go there. Then, then, then this is the third one. The new identity is I'm a missionary. I'm going to carry forward what Jesus is doing. I'm going to carry it forward. So this is the new identity, and we're going to go over that. So let's go over, based on our identity, the three ways of living. Okay, the same thing, just repeated differently. I'm going to follow Jesus as what? A disciple. I'm going to connect as family, and I'm going to go as a missionary. I'm going to go as a missionary. So this is these guys' new identity. And if you're going to follow Jesus, I want to be super duper clear. This is what you're signing up for. This is what the scriptures teach about doing this. Christianity. There's a lot of other churches. There's a lot of other places where it's all rearranged for everyone's convenience. And it's not clear. Well, I can go here and get served this over here, and I can get served this, and I can get served this. Hey, listen, always go back to the Scriptures so that it's clear. Okay? All right, moving on. Rabbi. Jesus was called rabbi. You know what a rabbi is? It's a teacher. But today, what a rabbi, there's a rabbi who comes once in a while to this place, and he teaches on these tables right here, both of these tables, they roll out scrolls. Right now, we're officially in the high, ho high holy days for the Jews, and so they have a, a rabbi who comes. You know what a rabbi is? Today, 2015, he's an ordained officiant. Okay, very different from Jesus' time. Jesus was not ordained. He was not an officiant. He was a teacher. Huge difference. In other words, these guys didn't just follow Jesus' ideology. They followed every single thing that he did said and how he acted. They had a phrase when you were a, a, a disciple of a rabbi that you would walk so closely behind him that the dust that he would kick up as he walked would cover you. And that was actually a thing. He says, listen, I got, I got his dust on me. That's how close I am. You know, and I had to do some thinking. Okay, 
I don't want to be an officiant. I do funerals. I do weddings. I do things. I'm an officiant. I can sign official state documents saying that I married this person and I performed this ceremony. If I'm going to follow Jesus, it's not about that. It's about daily. What are you going to do tomorrow, Monday? Are you going to follow Jesus? Okay, are you going to live? Do I have a marriage the way Jesus wants? Okay, am I managing my finance the way Jesus wants? Am I doing it Jesus' way? That's what it comes down to. So it's very different today from the time of Jesus. We move on. So there's three general understandings of a disciple. He learns the yoke. Now let's talk about this word yoke. You know, what does yoke mean to you? You know what it means to me? Egg yolk. That's what it means to me. First thing comes to my mind, egg yolk, or a yoke that they put on oxen or, you know, uh, beasts of burden, horses, okay? That's not what yoke meant. The yoke, a rabbi's yoke, was a set of teaching or an interpretation of Torah. You didn't pick and choose. If you were a student of a particular rabbi, you wrapped yourself all around it. It was all or nothing. I'm following Jesus. I'm accepting everything. Look, look, let's look at this. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. We love this verse, but let me break it down for you. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened. Got anybody like that in the house today? I'm sure we do. And I will give you what? You know what I need? I need some rest. You need some rest? Jesus is saying, I'm going to give you rest. Take my yoke, my teaching, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Same phrase, he repeats it. Learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. I'm different. I'm different than those other teachers out there. I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find what? Rest for your souls. Now, let's just stop here a minute. Knowing what you know about following Jesus, is, is following Jesus mean rest? <laughs> no, it doesn't. Okay? It doesn't mean rest. But he says, rest for your body or rest for your soul. This is huge. You got to understand you. I, you I, if, if you're not paying attention, come on back. Pay attention. Come back from Facebook. Come back from Twitter, Instagram. Come back. This is huge. Rest for your soul. What's, what's the thing that gives you little rest in your soul? Want to know what it is? Guilt. Guilt. All the other teachers, you know what they were giving the people? Guilt. Jesus came to set us free from guilt. I offer you forgiveness from everything. Man, I, that's what I need. I need rest in my soul. I need to know that God loves me and forgives me and will forgive me of all the stuff that I've done. And my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now let, let's just stop. Whoa, 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 whoa. Is being a follower of Jesus easy and light? Can I, can I be honest with you? No, it's not. It's not easy. For the last 30 years, it's not been easy for me to follow Jesus. What are you talking about, Jesus? It's not easy. And it's sure not light. I mean, we're dealing with people's drama all the time, people's problems all the time. In fact, it's, it's, you know, it's heavy. It's not light. It's heavy. Dealing with working with people, be, interacting like family, like this is not light and easy. So what's he saying? Some of you don't even go to church anymore because of that. So what's Jesus saying? How is it light and easy? It's because you don't have to do this by yourself. God's going to help you. You know why we make Christianity hard? Because we rely on ourselves. We don't rely on the Holy Spirit, and we don't rely on God. We try to do it ourselves. And you know what happens? It becomes hard and heavy. That's what Jesus is talking about. If you do it his way, you have rest for your soul, and it makes it light and easy. That's what his teaching is all about. To the Jews who had believed in him, we love this. 
He said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. See, I like this part down here, just this. Block this out, okay? Just this. I like that. No, but it's both. If you want to follow Jesus, here's Christianity 2015. I agree with Jesus. I believe in Jesus. And, you know, I, I, I love him in my heart. It's private private, me and Jesus. That's Christianity 2015. I agree with Jesus, and he set me free. I love this part down here. You know the truth. I know the truth. I have it right here in my head. I know the truth, and it set me free. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't leave out the first part. You got to hold to the teaching. Holding to the teaching means it's hard. There are 56 one another scriptures in the New Testament. What's that say about relationships if you're a follower of Jesus? Man, you got to be in it. you got to be in it. And then you will really be my disciples. We go on. Okay, number two is become like your rabbi. Okay, how, how many of you play a sport? Okay, how many of you have trainers? Trainers. Okay, uh, I like to play golf. Okay, if, I, if you go to a, a particular person who teaches you golf and you spend time with them, what, what happens to your swing and your game? Number one, it should get better, right? And it, and it should look like your teacher, right? If you're training in football and you've got to, you, your game should get better, your score should get better, right? But what if there's nothing like, you're nothing like your teacher? Are you really a disciple? See, we want to be like Jesus, we don't want to just idolize Jesus and worship Jesus. Yes, we do, but we want to be like him. I want to be like him. I want to love like him. I want to have conviction like him. And a great example of this is a student is not above his teacher nor is a servant above his master. It is enough for a student to be like his, their teacher and a servant like their master. Now, here's a, here's a really good exercise for you. Ask the people... Ask the people around you who are close to you, am I like Jesus? Is there anything that you see I need to work on? Because you read your Bible, I read my Bible. And I think if they love you and they're honest with you, guess what? Yeah, you probably need to work on your patience some. You probably need to work on your finances because your finances are a disaster. They're a train wreck. Jesus never would live his life like that. You get what I'm saying? Your marriage. How's your marriage? Would Jesus love his wife? If he had a wife, would he love her the way you love your wife? Your husband, if he, if he was a woman, okay, we're going to stretch here. If he was a woman and it was a wife, would he love his husband and support his husband? You know the answer. So we want to be like our teacher. That's what it means to follow Jesus. First John, now here's a very vague scripture, very ambiguous scripture about following Jesus. Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a what? That's right between the eyes right there. If you're saying you follow Jesus, yet you're not following his teaching, you're a liar we are a liar. We're liars. And the truth is not in that person, but if anyone obeys his, his word, the love of God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know we are in him. This is how we know we're a follower of Jesus. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. So it's real clear, isn't it? So these are the three understandings. Learn to be Learn the rabbi's yoke and his teaching. Become like a rabbi and carry on the rabbi's work in the world to become a teacher yourself. Here's where I think a lot of us need work. We're not carrying on the mission of Jesus. We're not carrying on the mission of Jesus. In other words, who are we taking under our wing to help? But I'm not ready yet. I'm not, not that. I'm not, I'm not. No, no, no. You're not a disciple. You're not a follower because no matter where you are, you can help somebody. 
even if it just means sharing your testimony. So we want to carry on the mission of Jesus. That's what it means to be a disciple. Now, I'm going to go through some rapid fire, okay, because we got to move. we only got about 10 minutes left this morning. So are you ready? You may have to just scribble, scribble, okay? Jesus said, go and make disciples. He's, in other words, saying, go out into the world and do what I'm doing. This is a, this is a, this is a sport of participation. This isn't fantasy football, fantasy where you're just picking guys and they're doing all the work. Okay? And you, that's your team, my team. No, you're on the team. You're a player. Okay? It's not fantasy sports. Okay? We go on. Okay? Jesus had the 12, okay? And he gave them power and authority to drive out demons and cure diseases. He sent them out. So after church today, what are you going to do? How do you see yourself? Do you realize that Jesus is sending you out? To go help people. Make a difference with your life. Okay? Help change the world one person at a time. That's Jesus' ministry. Okay? And then it didn't stop with the 12. It said that after this, the Lord appointed how many? 72. So the ministry got bigger. Even in Jesus' time, it got bigger. What do we know about how many disciples there were when Jesus died and raised from the dead in Acts chapter 1? How many were there? 72? 120. Acts chapter 4 and chapter 5, how many were there then? 5,000 men. 5,000 men. Acts chapter 2, there was 3,000. Acts chapter 4 and 5, 5,000 men. It was growing, and they understood. We're carrying the message forward. Then he told them, this is what is written, the Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead, and on the third day repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations. So where is this going to go? Thank God. Thank Jesus. This still goes on because it came to America, it came to California, and here we are. Thank, Thank you, God. Thank you that there was a disciple that carried the message forward. But it will stop. It will stop if you and I don't carry on Jesus' message. It stops with us. In fact, you want to know the truth about Christianity in 2015? We're shrinking. You know the reason why we're shrinking? Because you and me are not carrying forward the message of Jesus. You see? And we've got to change that. If we're really going to follow Jesus... So is it clear to you what does it mean to follow Jesus? Is it clear? It's getting clear to me, and it's, it's kind of uncomfortable, but I, I want to do this. Okay, are you with me? The burden is light. The burden is light, and it's easy with God's help. Okay, you'll be my witnesses. John chapter 20, verse 21. He says again, Jesus, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. Okay, so you get the idea. I'm sending you. I'm sending you, I'm sending you, I'm sending you, and I'm sending you, and I'm you, 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 everybody who's in this room. And if you're a guest here today, guess what Jesus is going to do with you? If you decide to follow him, send you. Where are you going today? Are you going to go under the authority of Jesus and let him use you to help somebody? Okay? Following Jesus, following Jesus. Let's talk about this. Okay, is it following Jesus easy is what I want to ask you. No, it's not. It's not. It's tough. Jesus strictly warned them not to tell anyone and said, the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Okay, so this is where the disciples figured out Jesus is not like the other rabbis. See, Messiah does not equal suffer, die. Doesn't, doesn't equate. Something was going on, and, and a Messiah would never say, don't tell anybody about me. Something, something was, so they're going, wait a minute. This doesn't sound right. And then he gets into the real teaching, whoever wants to be my disciple, whoever wants to follow me must do what? Say it with me. Deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. Take up your cross means basically take up your lethal injection. Be willing to die for me. You know what the hardest thing about being a disciple is? 
A real disciple, you know what it is? The hardest part of it? Let's be honest. Do you know what it is? It's this right here. Denying yourself. That's hard. And, and, and when do we do it? Sunday? No, no, no. It says here, do it. When? Daily. So tomorrow when I get up, what am I going to do? Deny myself. That's hard. Following Jesus is not easy. Okay? It's tough. It means sacrifice. And Jesus says, you have to be willing. Let me just break it down for you. United States of America, we have no idea what it means to follow Jesus in the Middle East. You know that our brothers and sisters are dying for their faith? They're getting kidnapped? You know that? This is still, this is still happening, but you and I somehow, I don't know what it is, but man, we get in this situation where Christianity has become, I don't know, it's just like, you know, I'm just going to chill. What's up, dog? I'm a Christian. Believe in Jesus. No, you're not. No, we're not. We're taking zero risks for Jesus. And many of us are not denying ourselves. Okay? We go on. As they were walking along the road, he said to them, this is three examples. And we, you, we read these verses with people that are deciding to follow Jesus. This guy comes to Jesus I'll follow you, Jesus. Wherever you go, wherever you go, Jesus, I'll go with you. Jesus replied, foxes have dens, birds, of the nest, birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. He's basically saying, I don't have security in places like you do. And if you're going to follow me, you've got to put your security where I put my security. In other words, this is challenging. It's a sacrifice. The second example, he said to another, follow me. But the man replied, Lord, first. Now, this is, this is you know, really clear What's the problem? First, let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Now, wait a minute. This is, could be a scriptural conflict. The Bible says, Ten Commandments, leaves number four, honor your father and mother. I'm just doing what the Bible says, Jesus. What Jesus is saying here is, you may have to do both, because this guy was using it as an either or. I can't follow you because I'm in school I got to finish college. I got to pay down debt. I got to get married. I wait till I have a family. Whatever the excuse is, whatever the reason is, let me wait, wait, Jesus, until I get my things together. No, no, no. Sometimes you have to do both. Don't put Jesus off because it could be a long time. That's the point here. Responsibilities. The last and final one. Still another said, I'll follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, no one puts his hand to the plow and looks back as fit for service in the kingdom of God. For us, can you imagine driving down the freeway, going 70 miles an hour, looking back? Not just glancing. I'm saying looking back my old life. Hey, what's going on, dude? Can you do that? I've seen people do it. I get scared because that guy's crazy. And then they start to swerve all over the road. And you've seen that too, right? Jesus is saying, listen, if you're going to follow me, you got to do what? You got to focus. You got to focus on where you're going. Plowing a field, we don't know this because we're not in agriculture, but let me educate you. When you plow a field, you got to focus that one day, two days, when you plow the fields, it requires intense focus. Or what happens? Here's some pictures from the Department of Agriculture. If you don't plow your fields right, what happens to the water? You see it happening here? All these crops from here back will not grow. Department of Agriculture says, be careful that there's drainage in your fields or you will lose your crop. Wow, some good advice, isn't it? Jesus is saying the same thing. Be careful when you follow me because if you don't focus on where you're going, your life will come undone. Let me just be honest with the whole church. Some of our brothers and sisters' lives are coming unraveled. Unraveled. And we're going, oh, I thought he was a Christian. It's not funny. 
not from where I'm sitting. It's sad. Marriages are coming apart. Families are coming apart. Relationships are coming apart. Finances are going in the tube. I mean, people's lives are coming unraveled. It's like this. How did this happen? How did this train wreck happen where it's going to affect the rest of their lives forever? Scarred. See, Jesus forgives, but the consequences and the scars of terrible mistakes, they stay. This is serious. And I believe it is because people stopped focusing on Jesus and they started focusing on other things and other people. And they started following other things and other people. See, the minute you take your eyes off of Jesus, look what he says here. He says, the guy who puts his hand in the plow and looks back is not fit for service. It won't work. You can't play church. All right, so we got we to gotta go. Another great thing, large crowds were traveling with Jesus. We're talking thousands. They turned to them and said, if anyone comes after me and does not hate his father and mother, wait a minute, Jesus, we got to hate our family? Let me explain to you what the word means, hate. When you loved your family, it was an attachment. It was a loyalty issue. What Jesus is saying here is you're going to disattach yourself from your family and you're going to attach yourself to me. And your family's going to hate it. You never hate your family. In fact, my relationships with my family has gotten a lot better since I started following Jesus. But initially, because they saw the priority change, that the blood of Jesus was stronger than the blood of my family, they didn't like it. It created turbulence. Okay? And then again, he repeats it. Does not carry his cross and follow me. Cannot be my disciple. Is it easy to follow Jesus? No, it requires great sacrifice. So I want to break this down for you. But I need a promise, especially from you students. No pictures. No pictures. If you put this on Instagram or Facebook, I will blow you up on the internet. No pictures, okay? All right. It's the clearest way we can make it. The paradigm of the flesh. What is the paradigm of the flesh? Do not take any pictures. <laughs> paradigm of the flesh. Okay, the paradigm of the flesh. Live by self, live by the self, for the self, and through the self. Okay, let me show you what I'm talking about. This are all the activities that I've got going on in my life. Work, okay? I got school, okay? I got school. I got friends. I got romance, relationships. I got fun, okay? I got fun, and I got sports, okay? I got my sports. You know, you know what all these things have in common? You know what all these things have in common? Only one thing, me. They're wrapped around me. They're wrapped around me. I'm at the center. And guess what? In 2015, I got a little more room on my ring. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to find a, a spot here, and, and it's going to be this open spot right here. Guess who fits right in here? Jesus. In fact, I'm just going to write Jesus in, J-E-S-U-S, and he fits right here. And see, this is so cool. You know what's amazing? You know what's awesome about this? My life ring, my kingdom, I'm still CEO. And you know, when I go to work, guess what? I can do this. I'm at work, and I can go to my boss and say, hey, boss, I'm all in. See? I'm, this, is, this is what I'm about. I'm about this company. Okay, we leave work, what happens? I'm at school, so professor, professor, I'm all about school, right, right? And then we get with our friends, hey, what's up? You're, hey, you're my buddy, you're, you're a top priority in my life. Romance, I tell her all the time, she's awesome, you know, she's, she's loving my life. But, and then fun, the same thing. There's a problem with this, a real problem with this. And this is the paradigm of the flesh. Live by self, live by the self, for the self, through the self. 
It's all about who? It's all about me. That's why I love this ring. Some of you are doing Christianity this way. And in this open space, you got Jesus. And on Sunday, here you are. But tomorrow, here, here, here. And the truth of the matter is, you're still in charge. You're still the CEO. You know what Jesus is calling us to? Get out of the middle. Step out. Put him in charge of all those things that you got going on. See, you can still have those things going on, but he's at the center, not you. That's what it means to follow Jesus. Now you can take pictures. Okay? But this, this, is, this is serious, guys. And I'd like you to do a self-evaluation about this. Listen, I want you to understand that the cost of discipleship is significant. Cost of discipleship is significant, but the cost of not following Jesus is even more. And we don't think about this because we're all about here and now. Let me tell you, by not following Jesus, you're going to regret that for an eternity. You think life is good by not following Jesus or playing this game, it's going to come undone. And you're going to regret it. But let's just go through some costs. Cost of purity. Singles. Is there a cost of purity? I was single for five years in the church. There's a high cost of purity. High cost of purity. But let's talk about the other cost. Is the cost of immorality. It's even greater. It's even greater. The cost of generosity. It costs you to be generous, doesn't it? You got to share your money. But guess what? The cost of greed is even greater. It'll eat you up on the inside. It'll ruin you and your relationships. The cost of humility. Yeah, it's, it's, it's high. But the cost of pride and arrogance is much, much higher. And then this last one, the cost of forgiveness. Is it high? You mean I got to forgive her? I got to forgive him? Do you know what he's done to me? Do you know what she's done to me? I got to let it go? Seriously? Uh Uh-uh. Let me tell you something. The cost of forgiveness is high, but the cost of bitterness and resentment will ruin you. It is so much higher, and some of us don't have it figured out yet. I, I want you to do a cost evaluation. You think, man, cost of following Jesus is really high. Let me tell you something. Not following Jesus is the worst thing you could do in your life. And you will see it happen, and we're seeing it happen today in our society. Last few verses, and then we'll, we'll wrap it up and, and celebrate the communion together. In the same way, those of you who do not give up everything you have cannot be my disciple. What will it cost you to follow Jesus? everything. But guess what? When Jesus is at the center of your kingdom, you get all of these and the quality and the order and the way that they're run is much better than you could ever do yourself. Jesus is a much better CEO of your life. That's why when we give him everything and we let him run it, it goes much, much better. And that's why some of your marriages, can I just be honest, are going through trouble because you are in the middle of that ring, both husband and wife, and you're bumping at each other with your ring. And you will not give up your leadership of your, you know, your self-ink. All right, let's wrap it up. Now, this is the incredible thing. Jesus is not asking us to do something that he didn't have to deal with. The night before he was crucified, he prayed this prayer. Going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My Father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Jesus understood this whole paradigm of self. He didn't want to die the way he had to die for us. I want you to hear that. He said, God, God, In the Garden of Gath, God, I don't want to go through with this. Is there another way we can work this out? The cost is too high. I don't want to do this. I don't want to go through with this. It's way too much. But at the end of his prayer, what did he say? Not as I will. So Jesus stepped out of the ring when it cost him a lot and said, your will be done. Here, here, let me break it down for you. 
The cost of dying on the cross was extremely high for Jesus. But the cost of not dying on the cross for us was even greater. Aren't you glad that Jesus said, your will be done, not mine, Father? See, Jesus had what we have. He had the opportunity to unfollow God when it got tough. See, it's a choice. When you follow Jesus, you make a choice. You're not, you don't have to do this. You do not have to follow Jesus. And I know I'm making a very persuasive argument. But you, you can leave here today and say, nope, I'm not coming back to church. I'm not going to follow Jesus. I unfollow Jesus. It's a choice. But to follow Jesus, there's a price to pay. But the price far exceeds, I mean, the, the benefit far exceeds the price. Every time I do this, blessings just shower down. Anytime I think about doing this, and some of you have already done this, you just haven't admitted it. There are areas of your life where you've unfollowed Jesus. Nope, not doing it. Nope, nope. Or we go back and forth. No, yes, no, yes, no. So what is it this week? Really? Are, are you going to follow Jesus this week? Uh, I don't know. i got to think about it. There's a cost to that. And maybe you're living it. So let's do this. Let's go back to Jesus. And let's look at what Jesus did. Yes, not as I will, but as you will. Let's follow Jesus. But it's a choice. And before we go on to our next lesson, I really would like for all of us together as a church, and if you're a guest, you, you do what you want, you do what you think. But as members of this church, let's make a decision to realign our focus with Jesus. I'm about following Jesus. It's got to be super clear, okay? No ambiguity. Well, you know, the church before and the church now. and the, No, no, no. We're not talking about the church. We're talking about you. Do you want to follow Jesus? Wrestle with it. Don't say yes. Wrestle with it. And what are the areas that are costing you, that are keeping you from it? Okay, let's pray for the communion. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. Thank you, God, that we could be honest with ourselves. God, and I, I want to confess to you that I, I need to grow and I need to realign my focus on following you, following Jesus all the time, on Monday, on Wednesday. Father, we pray that, there, that whatever areas of our lives that you'll please help us to say no and, and to give up our inner tube, our, our kingdom, our ring, and let you lead our lives. Please, Heavenly Father, forgive us for going astray. Heal us and help us to come back and let you run our lives. We love you. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the forgiveness that we have and the hope that we have that our burdens will be light because you will carry them for us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.